Hello listeners, John Power here, host of the How To Hobby podcast, and I want to be the first to welcome you to platform How To Hobby. Hello and welcome to the How To Hobby podcast. I'm your host, John Power, joined once again by the deal master himself, Sean Bennett. He's always surfing the web, finding the deals, especially during this time of year when there's so much to find out there. It's like a treasure trove. But we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And Sean, welcome to the show tonight. How was your Thanksgiving, my man? It was good. It was good. Um, thank you for, for the intro. It was fantastic. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, my Thanksgiving was good. We had really, really good dinner. My dad did, he recently got a Traeger. So oh. he did a huge 11 and a half pound brisket that he smoked for 21 total hours uh, for for dinner for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was really, really good. And then Costco pecan pie. We had my grandma come over. We broke her out of her nursing home and <laughs> took her over and watched. Uh, <laughs> we watched a- Apollo 10 and a half. Have you heard of it, John? No, no, no. What is this? So it's for anyone out there, it's on Netflix. So if you have the service, it's free. But it's a an animated, fully animated movie that tells the story from the space race era. So you know the from the early '60s till I think '69 is when this store main story happened, and it tells a story about a little kid who gets approached by NASA because NASA screwed up and built the shuttle for Apollo 11 slightly too small. And so none of their astronauts can fit in it. So what they decided to do was instead of scrapping the mission, they went to one of the local schools and got this kid to be the astronaut. And to, and the story is that he actually flew and stepped on the moon about four months before Apollo 11 touched down with Neil Armstrong. Um, the cool part, I mean, the story was fantastic, but the coolest part is for my grandma, especially because she she was an adult during the 60s. And my dad, you know, being born in 1970 was kind of the same growing up in the 70s for him. It felt more like a documentary of them reeling what the life was like in the 60s. And it was so accurate that my parents kept looking at each other and going, oh, my God, this is my childhood. And it was just wow. really, really cool. So that that was a good way to end Thanksgiving. This is this is amazing. Yeah. I am adding this to my list, Sean, on your recommendation, and we will put it in the show notes below because you already know we're the how-to hobby boys, and we we're gonna get you on the right track. If we don't, we're we're failing. So Apollo ten and a half, a space age childhood. Here we come. Wow. Yeah. Please, please go check it out. It was really cool. How was your Thanksgiving, John? Oh man. It was something else. I got the turkey done, Sean. Okay. First year I've ever done the turkey myself. Uh, brined it. Apple apple juice brine with, with salt and all sorts of Ooh. spices. 18 hours in the in the trash bags in the cooler. A little bit of ice. Keep the bird on ice. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, it came out wonderful. I still have turkey. It was a 14-pound a bird. And man, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of bird because it was just me and my wife eating. My kids <laughs> barely ate anything. We didn't have anybody over. Um, we got hit by the sickness. So you might even still hear it in my voice. I have a little bit of a, a stuffiness in my own voice. It's kind of because of the, the, 
the transition of the cold weather and I didn't sleep at all because my children were yelling all night long. But uh, <laughs> yeah, overall, great. I mean, it was great to be able to tackle the turkey problem because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you hear about it. And this is for me, this is always how it, how it is with the cooking. You hear about how terrible it is and how like the big ones, right? Like yep. everybody dreads the turkey. Yep, because it's always turkey. it's always dry and there's always not a whole lot of flavor. And that's, that's the big thing, right? It's like it's always dry. And so I was on a mission to make sure it was not dry. And let me tell you, man, this this was juicy. Mm. This was uh quality. And 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 I hate to say it, listeners, but your boy handled business. It was it was a, a smooth operation. Throw it in the oven. I followed a guy on YouTube. Go figure. And I just went for it, and it came out great, Sean. So a nice. turkey problem is solved, at least this year. Good. And I've, I, I've I've never I really done wasn't stressed. I, I've never done a brine before. So it's and now i got to look into doing it that way. It's it's a, I think it's a secret. And there was another thing that I did that I think, one, I have my, my uh, I made sure to check the, with my thermometer. I have a meat thermometer. I've mm-hmm. talked about it before on the cooking episodes. Yep. It's a key to success. I plug that thing in. I take it out of the oven. Boom. I check the two spots. There's two thermal zones you need to check in the turkey. You can look it up on thermapen.com. It's a great website. I have a thermo, thermapen. It's like an instant read thermometer. Mm-hmm. Really and, good thermometer. Oh, man. Great thermometer. Worth every penny. It's like 100 bucks. It's But I got it as a gift. But, man, so good. And, uh, you, you know, you get all, you got all the resources at your fingertips now. It's just great. You know, if you don't know how to do something, just go online and go with confidence listeners. When you're trying to tackle the Turkey problem, maybe you didn't tackle it this year, but I'm telling you, there's some resources out there. Another thing I did, Sean, was I flipped it. So I started mm. breast side down in a big, I had a roasting pan and I had the, the giblets and the, the neck that <laughs> I will say the, have you ever pulled a turkey out of the bag and everything no i haven't oh my gosh okay well i'll i'll spoil some of the fun for you you pull this neck out of the bird's rear end his neck <laughs> it's shoved into oh my god the carcass okay and it's just i was like are you kidding me this is what i mean it's like a massive neck <laughs> just chilling in the middle of the bird and it up his butt Wow. That I, pretty much sums it up right there. That, that silence, <laughs> that's exactly, I couldn't believe it that this was, I like, again, you just, nobody talks about this. And yet here it is. I'm pulling this neck this long out of this, out of this bird. Anyway, wow. so, so that went in the roasting pan with some spices and, and, uh, came out great, man. So cheers to, to, to new feats. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. I I got to look at doing it that way. I've never brined. We stopped doing turkey a few years ago, mainly because we were always overcooking it and it was dry. And we just decided, you know, we weren't going to do turkey. We we're going to try something else. So for a couple of years, we did hams and did that for a while. And then uh, yeah. this, was, this was the first year we decided to do the full on 11 and a half pound brisket. It took almost a full day to smoke on the Schrager, but... I will say it was one of the most flavorful pieces of meat. I mean, it tasted like restaurant 
brisket. It it was so stupid good that I ate more than I needed to the night of. I had made a sandwich with it the next day. It was it was absolutely fantastic. My dad's Gosh. a pretty good cook when it comes to the Traeger. That that is awesome. Well, I uh, I'm glad we both had such a, such successful cooking experiences. Uh, my overall experience with the kids and not having anybody was a little bit sad, but you know what? It's, it's also good to just be thankful for your immediate family, you know, Mm -hmm. like just enjoying and being content. And that was what we were talking about last week. Let's just be content. Let's be thankful. And so that we, we have to remember it was time for us to take a major rest, not really rest, just detach. Like you're Mm -hmm. not doing anything. You're just staying home, get better. (laughs) <laughs> those those can be really important if you do them the right way. So I'm I'm glad you guys were able to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, I I I agree. Other big news though, Sean, have you been watching the World Cup? I haven't. I've been looking it up, but I haven't been watching it. We are in, man. US going to the elimination stage. Wow. We beat uh we beat Iran today 1-0 and yeah, pretty cool. So I, I'm excited to see as we move on to the next stage. I don't know. I don't have they released the the kind of like bracket yet. They probably have. I feel like they probably have. I saw a hilarious thing on Instagram the other day. And it was people complaining about how soccer is boring to watch. It's low scoring and it's boring. And the person was like, no, it's just because you're used to American football where they have magic numbers. And he was like, yeah, the score is 21 to 14. No, the score is three to two. You just made up magic math to make it sound more interesting. <laughs> it got me because that's always been my thing. It was always low scoring and boring. And I didn't realize that basically football, which is one of my favorite sports to watch, is pretty much the same thing. Uh, so that was kind of kind of fun out there. Yeah, yeah, that is. That's a clever pun there. Whoever came up with that one needs a uh deserves a cookie um soccer i have to say football in the rest of the world soccer here in the u.s yep gosh man this these pros make you i i agree in the sense that sometimes you have to wait and be patient a little bit about your sports and soccer is one of those sports but goodness these guys like for instance france the saturday game this guy Mbappe, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's like Mm-mm. he's 22 years old, plays for France, two goals. And the dude they were like the most impressive, like the things they do, like when they do it when it all comes together in those amazing moments. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a wonder they even get one goal, let alone in, two. Inhuman when they can make it work. That's the thing, and that's when you go like because I, I started watching World Cup in 20, what would it be? 2016 was the last time it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, man. It was it was like eye-opening for me. Just, just how skilled they were. Like yeah. seeing these, because again, it's kind of like your eyes are open when you don't know. I don't watch soccer ever, except when it's like a pretty big stage, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, yeah, I got introduced to a couple of the players, and Mbappe being one of them, he was he was 16 or, uh, yeah, well, yeah, 16 when he played his first World Cup. Oh, wow. So, and he scored in that one a number, a number of times, too. 
So anyway, it's just it's just pretty impressive. This guy is like like a lot of these guys are insane, but the the young ones like Neymar um you know, it's it's just it's just insane. Yeah. It's a re- it's a really cool sport to watch because you don't realize the endurance it requires until you sit there for two hours and watch them run back and forth oh. and do nothing. But like, like we're talking a couple jogging and full on sprint and then a little jogging and full on sprint. The times, depending on your position, the times that you're just standing there doing nothing like in baseball or even in football is, or like American football is so, so much smaller compared to those sports. You're always moving. Yeah. It's well, and there's, you see it cause they're sweating like, I don't even uh, no nobody's get out. I mean, it's like their shirts are entirely soaked with mm-hmm. sweat. And you're like, how is that possible? Oh, you've been running for 45 minutes straight. Okay. <laughs> that that makes and not on and on top of that, hitting your head on balls that are moving really fast and you no, know, it's just like jumping super high. I don't know, man. They're they're just crazy. Um so you have some travel plans coming up here, Sean, not to go yeah. see the World Cup, but no, no, not quite <laughs> as cool. But I am going to Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I leave on Thursday, going out to Cincinnati for a week to see the Cincinnati Bengals play the Kansas City Chiefs wow. on Sunday. So I saw the Kansas City Chiefs play last year in Kansas City. And then this year we decided to go to Cincinnati for our travel travel city. So we're going to see them play again uh, against the Bengals. And then we have a bunch of other stuff playing sightseeing. There's a huge forest out there called Mount Airy forest where there's like a footbridge you can walk in. You're walking through looks from the pictures. It looks similar to Julian ish, very tall trees, um, not super dense, but just like a really, really cool hike. So we're going to go do that, go to, eat as many different new breakfast spots as we can, get some new yes. coffee places, find as many stickers as possible. Uh, and then stickers. Um, yeah. I love collecting stickers. It's, oh yeah. So if you look at my, my big hydro flask that I have here, um, I've got stickers all over the place from Oregon, San Luis Obispo, uh, some of the gun stuff that I've built. So I, I collect stickers from everywhere that I go. And then I try and find them. I have a bunch of stickers on my laptop. Uh, those are a little bit more, they have to mean something special. Uh, but yeah, I, I love stickers. So I try and collect them everywhere I go. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, you're a big time traveler again, getting out there. What is like you were traveled two weeks ago? I feel like, yep. Just really just got back from Arkansas on the 16th and then turning around flying to Cincinnati, uh, in December. And then so far for next year, I already have a trip to Missoula, Montana in March, my grandfather is getting married in North Carolina in November. And then I want to make another trip out to my grandparents in Arkansas, probably in the spring as well. So next year is going to be a huge travel travel time for me. Wow. Well, good for you, man. Yeah, it's it's amazing when you as you get older, uh, you can just really take advantage of one of my favorite things, which is traveling. And it's not as expensive as you think, which is the best part. So if you play your game, right, if you play it right, it is a little bit more expensive this time because we have to board the dog for a week. So uh, that's, that's a little hard. That adds, you know, about 500 bucks to the total trip to have her boarded, but it makes it much easier for us to be able to just drop her off and 
go on a trip and not be worried about someone coming over and watching her and what if she gets off the leash you know we're, we're taking her to a facility where she's been doing daycare for the last couple of months so they should be super skilled in her her uh reactivity and things like that so that kind of helps it just adds adds some uh cost to the trip perfect and uh how is your well not perfect extra no. cost is never perfect but at least no, they know works. how to handle the beast exactly which they do know how to handle her and it really it is perfect because we're lucky enough to have somewhere that we can take her that actually allows us to go on a trip and it doesn't have to be a road trip that we bring her with and you know like when we went out to phoenix we had to bring her because we didn't have anywhere to put her at that time so uh, it just gives us some flexibility so it should be nice no wonder you were so stressed out then oh <laughs> i see well enjoy seeing the joe burrow do his thing thank you and uh, i expect many pictures we can, yes. we can put them on the Instagram for the for the people to see. We owe them pictures. I owe them. I just realized I haven't shown anybody pictures of Whitney this year. So no, I, I don't think you have. I need to send you photos to put up on the, on the gram of Whitney, and uh, plug that that experience. And and then we need to see this Cincinnati. Oh yeah. Field pick that you're going to be providing us. So you're on 31 days of activity. Yep. How is that feeling for you? It's good. It's hard. Um, there have been a couple of those days where I just straight up didn't want to do anything, but having like seeing the number tick up every day, cause I'm manually entering you know, day 28, day 29, day 30. Um, it's really cool to see that ticking up and, you know, I feel good when I go out and I get outside, especially when we take the dog out, you know, we're doing at least, you know, two and a half to three miles. That's a really good walk. It takes us about 45 minutes, uh, in the morning to knock that out. And it's just, it's really good to get up first thing, take the dog out, do a three mile hike, come back to the house. And then you just start your day feeling energized and accomplished. And it just feels so good. So yes, um, I still have a long ways to go to my 200 days, but I'm getting there and I'm getting much better at reminding myself to turn Strava on and turn Strava off. I'm getting a lot more skilled at that. So I'm getting there. Oh, I love it, man. Well, I am going to dive into our our regular slated uh main topic tonight listeners let's do it let's do we it we are on a mission tonight we're going to do something different that we haven't done before but we're going to start a new segment here and that's going to be some of our every time we enter a new season we're going to walk through some of our favorite favorite hobbies to do during that season we just enter entered the winter season and for, for Sean and I, this is huge. Sean's happy because it's getting cold. And go figure, I'm happy because it's getting cold. And <laughs> Sean, I, I will express to you the transition from 100 degrees. So like San Diego, it's been weird. Let me just break this down for you just before we dive in. San Diego is too perfect. Go figure. Agreed. 70 to then it gets down to the 40s. Like it's 70 every single day and then it gets down to the 40s in the winter. It's just not enough. Nope. It's not enough. What I've found surprisingly that in Phoenix, the transition to cold has been so nice because you go through this swing, right? Of for four months, I, I mean, pretty much from April, end of April, all the way till September. It's just blazing. And it's just, you are not getting cold. You're not getting 70s. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. It is 80 or above 
the whole way. And apparently my hair was getting scalded. It was so, I went to go see my barber in San Diego. He's like, Hey man, what's going on with your hair? It's like, it's like not as full as it was. And I was like, wow, this guy's either telling me that I'm losing my hair or there's something going on. He's like, I was like, Oh no, what's the, what's the problem here? He's like, Oh no. I just think it's not that you're like thinning or losing your hair. It's just not as thick as it actually, maybe it is thinning, mm-hmm. but he, he pretty much was like, what has been happening? I was like, well, I've, I've been out in the sun every single day. Yeah. He's like, I think your hair is damaged. Hmm. And I rode every day and I would take long rides in the heat. And I'm wondering if that anyway. So I, <laughs> your boy's either losing his hair or <laughs> it's uh, it was damaged by the sun. I'm going to go with it was damaged yep. because now it's it's looking it's looking much better. You can see it right here on the on the. We're gonna the, we're gonna see these swings of John the full head of hair in the 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 winter <laughs> going into spring, and then you know you start John, you're starting to kind of thin a little bit. Nope, just wait, just wait till November. We'll be back to normal. Well, I'm telling you, man, it has been nice, and my favorite thing right now is I go, I put on my sandals and my shorts and a hoodie. I have not Ooh, been able to wear a hoodie. That's like my favorite outfit is shorts and a hoodie. Yes. Oh, shorts all you can't take the shorts out of the southwest, man. No. And so I will literally just go outside. It'll be in the forties and I'll just walk in the neighborhood, bare feet, foot you know, just sandals out, just oh, and just the hoodie. Mm-hmm. And it is it has been hitting me in all the right places. I mean, I never I never appreciated it enough. It's like I was on the East Coast for a while experiencing the full swing, which was great, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize how much San Diego had made me this jaded man. <laughs> San Diego's real good at doing that in a lot of areas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get used to used to the temperate zone of weather. Now you get out there. That's why I'm so excited to go to Cincinnati because it's it was snowing oh. there a couple of days ago and the the highest high it's going to be while we're there is in the 40s, and at night it's dropping into the low 20s, which oh, is, dude. I mean, that's some of my absolute favorite weather right there. So I'm, I'm like crazy excited to bring, bring to the sandals, yeah. bring the sandals. <laughs> I don't, I don't do sandals. I know no. I'm one of the only San Diego guys that I know that doesn't do sandals. Uh, but I'm gonna do. I've got some some nice 32 degree warm uh, like underlayer warmers. Uh, I'm gonna wear those and then you know, some nice pants, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. No, me too. I got to get my winter trip in. I'm going to New York in January. So I'm <laughs> also going to get that. Yep. That snap. Yep. Definitely. Let's, let's do it. So without further ado, let's dive into some of our favorite winter hobbies. And, and we're going to start with everybody's favorite. We're going to talk about the winter cooking. Sean, I don't know if you've been to Trader Joe's recently. Don't Ooh. go. don't go there is way too much winter goodies there it is kind of crazy i I did go okay oh well you already saw it i do i mean it is like you can't go in there and not come out with with just the the peppermint jojo's the it i mean they just hammer you all year and by the end of the year you're just like okay fine okay (laughs) i'll i'll take it i'll take the jingle jangle i'll pet I'll pay $10 for a tin of chocolates. I will. <laughs> I will do it. 
I will because it's going to be gone before you know it, and then you're going to regret not doing it if you skipped That's, it. They they know what they're doing. Those Trader people... Joe's Trader Joe's is really good at that. Oh, yeah, win- winter cooking this time of year is probably my favorite time to cook, and mainly because you can do a lot more. There's a lot of things. One foods that are more available. Pretty much being in San Diego, we have foods all year round, but. For me, it's the type of cooking that's now available. You know, during the summer, I was avoiding anything cooked in the oven. If it had to be in the oven, I was cooking it on the grill. And if I had to do it on the stovetop, I have these little portable burners that I would do out in the backyard because I didn't, I was doing everything I could to avoid heating the house. Whatever you did, you don't want to produce any heat in the house. And we actually eat a lot more, you know, eating out a lot more too, because I was just, oh my God, I'm so hot and sweaty. I don't want to do anything, (laughs) you know, so you go out and you get Mexican food or whatever it is. But when you get to the winter time, that's where I do a lot more of the oven-based meals. So even something as simple as, you know, frozen pizza, I'm, you know, doing those now, opening those back in, doing a lot more of the oven-baked chickens and the oven-baked, like we did roasted zucchini tonight in the oven, with a crock pot meal uh, and some rice. It was really simple, but really good to do in the oven. It also kind of acts as a, you're able to use the oven as a little heater for the kitchen, which is kind of nice, try and save some energy. Um, But they also do a lot more soups. And I'm a huge soup guy. There's a a tomato soup recipe that we found. It's a fire roasted tomato that, you know, we we ended up cooking in the oven or in, in the pot for almost an hour of actually cooking it, roasting all the tomatoes, getting everything done. You let it cool and then you put it in a blender or you use an immersion blender and you blend it up, pour it back in the pot, bring it up to a boil and then drop in some cream. And it's the most delicious tomato soup I've ever had in my life. You can't buy it in a can. No one, no one I've ever been to has made it this good with a nice grilled cheese. I just, I love, I love cooking soups. They're so much fun to make because they're kind of they're almost impossible to screw up. Like you can't mess up a soup. It's ba- or a stew. It's basically a hodgepodge stuff thrown in a pot anyway. So it's yeah. really hard to mess it up. Oh, I agree. I am on the stew game myself. Uh I think for, in general though, I'm just super happy to be to be able to utilize the oven mm-hmm. in my cooking again because you don't utilize the oven when it's 110 out. No, just not. It's just not a part of the part of the routine. You got that. You got the AC running all day long. The last thing you want to do is is spike that that yep. energy bill even more. <laughs> but, <laughs> energy bill out here in AZ is no joke. I I wish I would have known. I but don't, now yeah. being able to utilize the the oven again has been really nice. And uh, after the successful turkey celebration, uh, I I mean it was. It was good from roasted veggies to that's like the power staple right there. Mm-hmm. The roasted veggies in the oven is just it's just a classic, you know, get the Brussels sprouts in there, the sweet potato. Yeah. The uh I do love myself. Have you ever done the Hasselback potato? Mm, I don't think so. So that's the where you cut the potato 3 quarters of the way through in little almost like you're going to cut it in a in like a scallop. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But you don't. You just let it be a thin potato, and then you okay. rub just butter, Ooh. literally just butter all up in that thing. Do some spices, some rosemary, thyme, salt, pepper, and just let it go in the oven for about an hour. And dude, I'm telling you, it is like man, that sounds fall amazing. Off the bone, 
there's no bone, but if there was, it'd be falling off the bone of that sweet potato. And it is good. I brought it to our church potluck. They were gone. Hmm. You don't, you don't get it. I mean, it's, it's just over people. You get Got to beat people who are elbowing each other in the face to get to that. <laughs> that hassle back. <laughs> Grandmas were getting run over. <laughs> they're like, I, heard, they're like, <laughs> I heard John's got potato. <laughs> oh man, that's right. So yeah. yeah, I mean, there's plenty to do in the cooking world. I mean, it's just a great time to. I think one of the big things, right, is the community. Like yep. we're able to celebrate with family, friends, bring them over, get your friends over, have them, have them over, cook them something. Maybe it comes out good. Maybe it doesn't. Who cares? Bring some beer out. They'll like it. They will. I promise you. This is also a good time of year to experiment a little bit too. So, because like for me, knowing we're going to be having family over or knowing that I'm going to be cooking for, you know, quite a few people, you know, it forces me to kind of try and step out of my comfort zone a little bit, maybe make some different meals I've never made before to bring something different to a potluck for a Friendsgiving or, or anything like that. I just find it's more fun to do that now. It's also a lot easier for me to cook now because it gets so dark so early. There's a lot of stuff you you can't really do outside anymore. Like when it's summer and it's still <laughs> bright at eight o'clock at night, you can still be running around, riding your bike, doing whatever. But now when it gets dark at 4.15 out here, it's like, okay, well, I'll just go ahead and I'm going to cook a little bit more elaborate meal tonight because I'm not on a time crunch. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love cooking this time of year. Um, I do a lot of cast iron stuff too, right about now. Yes. Cast iron, number one, number one utensil in the kitchen. It's the, it's the, the treat. So we'll have to dive into more and more. We'll do a cooking episode here soon, listeners, and just give you all the details, but we're going to keep going. There are some other things we love doing with people and in the winter holiday. So this next one is something is close to both Sean and I's hearts. And it is backyard campfires with with the family. It's mm-hmm. it's getting cold out there. It's getting dark early, and there's a lot less to do. So get yourself some wood. I personally have the solo stove, um, and I have nothing but great things to say about it. It's worth the investment. It was actually the first thing we bought when when we originally bought our house in San Diego in 2019. So. First, right off the bat, we said, all right, we're going to get this solo stove. We bought kind of around Christmas time, mm-hmm. and uh, they were doing some crazy deals, like 50% off or something. And so, yeah, bought that thing, and it has provided a lot of joy. It's so efficient. It's an engineer's favorite accessory when it comes to uh, building a nice fire and keeping it going. I mean, you literally, it swallows wood. It's kind of like you remember in Lord of the Rings. There's the uh, the battering ram that's like mm-hmm. the fire yep. breathing dragon that takes mm-hmm. down the the ends up taking entering into Minas Tirith. Like they have to bring that thing out to to get in because yep. otherwise it's impossible. That's pretty much like what the solo stove is. <laughs> the, you, it's just I know it argh. puts out it puts out so much heat. I remember when we did the solo stove in your backyard the last time before you left for Phoenix. And uh, it was crazy how much heat that thing was putting off because it's not very big either. It's no. not very space. I mean, it is space saving. And, you know, how much heat it was able to put off because we have a big 
one in my parents' backyard that can seat probably about five people around it pretty comfortably. And, you know, we build pretty good size fires in that. Um, but it's not super efficient because it's it doesn't focus the heat much inside. So you kind of have to keep moving it around to keep the the fire going. But man, can we have some big fires in that? And my favorite nights around the fire, and it tends to happen more this time of year too in San Diego because of the mosquitoes tend to disappear a little bit more coming into December is uh cigar, a nice drink, whether it's coffee or whiskey or anything like that sitting around the fire telling stories is one of my favorite things to do uh with the family so i i really really like being able to have fires this time of year especially in in san diego so we have a fire ban for a lot of it, a burn ban for a lot of it so now we can actually finally have them yes i know and 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 obviously be responsible with your uh with your fire making but yeah, I have the bonfire. I was just looking at the solo stove bonfire is the model I have. It's not the biggest one. It's not the smallest one, but it is, uh, gets the job done. So yeah, I mean, I think if you need something that Sean, like Sean said, it's that's smaller, but still puts out a ton of heat, super efficient, I would recommend, but you don't have to take my word because I'm not sponsored by solo stove yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> It would be awesome. Shout out the solo stuff. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We just got ours at Home Depot, I think, uh, a few years ago. It was like a Father's Day gift to my dad. So you you can look there. You can probably find used ones. Um, It's really nice to have. My grandparents, because they live in Arkansas, they just have a huge fire in the backyard. They don't even have a burn pit. They just have a burn huge pile they just put together and like let's just light it on fire today because we can <laughs> so depending on where you live you might not need the pit but i would look into the solo stove yeah yeah it's definitely you, you can get whatever it's more about the family the community it's really nice have the guys over have a drink mm-hmm. have some fun yep. so sean you you have another winter activity you just, you just love doing yeah my my if you ask me what is some of your earliest memories of December in San Diego, granted, we don't have snow. <laughs> we don't have, you know, the, the normal like, Tell winter me. stuff. You know, I, I would say it would be driving around Murphy Canyon because I grew up in Teresana. Murphy Canyon's military house, military housing community right next door. It would be driving around uh, Murphy Canyon looking at Christmas lights. And because back then, I don't know about now, military houses didn't pay for their electricity. It was provided ah, for them as part of their stipend. So that's right. they would have some of the craziest Christmas decoration setups with lights and blow up, you know, huge blow up snowmen and Christmas and Santa and everything because they weren't paying for the electricity. And it was so much fun as a kid trying to find the craziest house with the craziest light setup. And so that is carried over into adulthood for me. Ah, every winter. And this is why like Thanksgiving and black Friday is my favorite time of year, because that's when people start really putting up the decorations because when it kicks off that first week of December, at least once a week, I am doing some sort of drive to go find Christmas lights. It helps that I live in the same neighborhood as the Bellardo Lighthouse. So anyone in San Diego, look up Bellardo Lights. They have a project with over, I think, 100,000 lights that they set up at their house every year. It's in my neighborhood. Um, 
but also just driving around the military housing or driving around just some of the bougier neighborhoods of San Diego, you know, the ones that have a little bit more money to spend on decorations <laughs> and the, the electricity <laughs> to keep them going. Uh, there are some just really, really cool Christmas decoration things. So that that's a huge hobby of mine in December is trying to find the most elaborate, the most expensive, the most b- absolute bougie Christmas decorations. It's It's been a tradition of mine. I love it. I think it's it's definitely get the hot hot cocoa, head out there with your friends, and enjoy some light watching. And and actually, I think some of the neighborhoods even have some stuff set up so that you can yep. go there. It's like a full blown operation. If yeah, you go exactly. In, and the all the houses get together and kind of coordinate too. In some oh. of the neighborhoods I've seen, and my favorite part about it is it's free. I mean, there's there are other things you can do That's where true. there's light shows. I've done one of the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Um, there's the December Nights, which is at Balboa Park. It's free, but it's yes. really packed with people, so it gets kind of crazy. But if you that can just drive around, crazy. you're paying for the fuel, yes, but you don't need a ticket to drive around and look at your neighbor's houses. It also gets more you more familiar with your neighborhood or your city and what it's like to drive at night. And there's just so many benefits that come from it that I I recommend everyone. I almost kind of want to do a challenge of any of the listeners to submit pictures of any of the crazy lights you've been able to find in your neighborhood. And then we can get them posted. That way we can share, share some of uh, the listeners Christmas decorations to places I won't be able to get to. Yeah, give, give, if you're listening from anywhere around the world, I want to see what your holiday lights are looking like. Actually, Sean, right now, downtown Chandler, uh, if I ride, you know, I'll send you a picture. Yeah. That we have this great setup. It's dark now when I leave for work and I get on the bike. And so I, I've been going down through our little main mainstay. It's not huge, but it's good. But there are lights as far as the eyes can see. And it just brings me some joy. So I, I'm with you on this. It it definitely is something that just, you can't explain it. It's kind of like Christmas music. It's it's just, you love it. It's yep. made me happier. Even though we've been sick and, you know, things have kind of been up and down. Just hearing that Christmas music on the radio, it's like, ah. It's that time of year. There's something to it, man. There is. I mean, even just my mom and I, when we were at Six Flags, one of the nights we were there, we decided to go get some churros at a local churro place in downtown Santa Clarita, I think. I can't remember the town. Downtown Valencia, essentially. Nice. And we parked, and the whole street was Christmas lights strung from the trees, one side of the street to the next. And they went for probably six blocks of just straight hung all over the street. And I remember getting out of my car and feeling happy. I was like, oh, oh that's yeah. so cool. That's so beautiful. And I was like, man, that was a huge mood booster just getting out of my car and seeing Christmas lights. I know. What a what a amazing thing. And we can't explain it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a simple, simple thing. And that's why it's been around since as long as we can even since since electricity. As soon as electricity came out, they were like, let's put up lights. It makes <laughs> people happy. There's probably something in there about it, you know, dark night filled with lights makes us feel like they're stars. I don't really know. But there's something psychological about getting to this time of year and seeing the lights. Yep, yep. Well, without further ado, we have to jump into my two favorite winter hobbies. I saved the best for last. I have two that I just love doing 
in the winter. One, it's like, yeah, yeah that makes sense, Sean, because you can only do it in the winter. <laughs> the other one's a little bit more non-conventional, but there's a reason why, and I'll let you know tonight. So okay. my two favorite to end out this this week's episode are snowboarding and surfing. Those are my two favorite winter hobbies. And yeah, it's it's tougher to do snow or uh, well, maybe both depending on where you live. Um, <laughs> but it's tougher for me right now to do surfing during the winter. But it was always my favorite time of year. There, and there's really two reasons why surfing is my one of my favorite winter hobbies. And it's there's I'm just gonna walk you through the reasons. It's cold, so not many people show up. So there's a lot less traffic you get and and the other thing is because there's a lot less traffic everybody who goes out during the winter for the most part knows what they're doing which Mm -hmm. means you're not going to have people clogging up your lineup you know getting in your way it does happen listeners i hate to say it i hate to be the bearer of bad news but there are sometimes people out there during the summer and the warmer months that kind of make it a little bit more difficult and maybe you get into an altercation so in the winter it's 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 all business it's also kind of a, just, it, it makes you feel good. And I don't know why. I think it's a cold. There's there's something to the, like, oh, I'm going to strap on the, the wetsuit, get out there. And third, the waves are much, much bigger consistently mm. in the winter. So it's really just this, when you're a surfer and the winter waves start coming, you finally get your first winter swells. Oh, man. I mean, there's nothing like a real, real good winter swell because you are not cold. You are swimming for your life. Mm-hmm. These waves are out here trying to take you down. A um, couple things you do need, though, if you want to want to take on the winter waves, I highly recommend earplugs, water earplugs. Okay. It's, it makes a world of difference. Even if you don't have a hood on, I personally don't wear booties or a hood. I like feeling my feet on the board. A lot of people do the booty thing. I don't know. I've, I've always been okay with having my feet not, you know, be exposed. Uh, but yeah, booties is debatable. But for, once I def- sort of learned about the aquatic ear, ear protection, it keeps you a lot warmer because you don't have water, cold water rushing into your mm-hmm. ear canal consistently. Um, so yeah, surprisingly, it keeps you a lot warmer. And then... Uh, it also keeps you from getting swimmer's ear. If the if the water's cold, it can give you uh, some some not so good things. You can look into it on your own time. But uh, so I recommend those. Obviously, a nice a nice short board so you can rip these waves to shreds. That's some, that's my pick my pick of the litter when I'm getting out there. And man, I'm telling you, if you haven't surfed some winter waves, just just get out there do it. Sean, have you ever? You ever suited up? No, I haven't. I've not surfed winter waves, mainly because I never really wanted to see what my body looks like packed into a wetsuit. So I just, <laughs> for me, it's always the board shorts and a, a rash guard has been my my go-to outfit for getting out there on the waves. But uh, I, I have to try it at least once, right? Yes. I, mean, I, can't, I can't say I, I, I haven't done it. So you could, well, you could always go, there are those people that go out in board shorts and a rash guard and they last about 20 minutes (laughs) but they were out there but they were out there i I had never thought about doing water ear protection i never thought about doing that so that's something that i'm going to look into more 
uh, is that because I like I do a lot of hearing protection for when I go shooting, but I never thought about it on the, out on the waves. Yeah, it actually actually helps quite a lot, uh, which I was surprised. So I think I forget the brand. I'll link them in the show notes. The ones that I have, I think they're by a company called Max M A C K S, and it's just pretty standard. You can find them on Amazon. Um, my other secondary one, go figure is snowboarding and you cannot do this during any other time of year. <laughs> so it is quite amazing. Um, being close to the mountains, you can get snow and I'm actually really excited because this year I'm closer to Colorado and Ooh. my buddy at work actually goes to Telluride. So I'm going to see if I can coordinate a little winter trip nice. to go and, and actually hit some real He's been talking a lot of smack too. So he, you know, I am the undisputed so far. Ask Vince. I'm the undisputed uh, downhill snowboarding champ of the Agilis office. Wow. Okay. So yeah, yeah. And you, and you can ask him. Ask him about Geronimo 2019. He'll let you know. I'll have to, I'll have to inquire. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It was good. So snowboarding is great if you haven't done it i highly recommend i my board i bought from big five it was like a big five special probably my whole kit was probably two hundred dollars mm-hmm. i mean i don't even know it was, my dad brought me in there he's like you're just getting whatever's on sale <laughs> and everything at big five is always on sale so always it's like it's like coals everything's always on sale <laughs> i've never tried snowboarding i've done skiing and I wish I had done snowboarding, but I got talked into skiing by Neil. It was when I, I went up to Tahoe, ah. Neil and Sarah, and it was going to be my first time out in the snow. And I wanted to snowboard, but Neil said, no, you should start with skiing. It's easier on the body and it'll get you out in the snow. <laughs> and I did it. And I was like, man, I'm an idiot because I have jacked up hips and knees from bone spurs. Oh. And so trying to pizza to stop myself oh, going yeah. down these mountains was next to impossible with my hips. And so I was struggling. And, you know, I, I also decided to try a mountain that was a little above my skill set. And I ended up having to ride the freaking uh, gondola thing back down, which was super embarrassing. Um, but yeah, oh, no. So, yeah. Oh, no. I know. I wish I wish I'd done <laughs> snowboarding. I want to go back and try it again. Because I feel like snowboarding would be a little bit more natural to me, having grown up skateboarding and longboarding all over San Diego, that I think snowboarding would feel a little bit more natural. Um, but I tried skiing, and it just wasn't quite for me. I love playing in the snow, but now i got to try snowboarding. Yeah, yeah, snow is good. If we got more snow, that'd be awesome. Agreed. Uh, but that doesn't happen out here. So you got to go to it, which is fine. It's, it's definitely uh, something you can do. That is a Neil thing to do, though. Let's yes. get you out on the snow, Sean. <laughs> we're we're going to get you out on the snow. Try skiing. Try, try skiing. Try skiing. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of that trip was actually, and this is something I recommend to anybody who is going to go to the snow, uh, try and get a cab. If you, and you're going to be staying there for a couple of days. Our cabin had a hot tub in oh. it. And so doing a hot tub when it's snowing was one of the coolest experiences of my adult life being able oh, to yeah. sit, sit there and you know you're up to your neck in hot water and you kind of start to overheat and you're able to get out and if you want you can go like sit in the snow or lay in the snow it is such a cool experience to go from hot to cold to hot to cold like that in a hot tub while it's snowing i mean actually having snow fall into the hot tub 
uh, while you're sitting there. It was so cool. I really recommend doing that. Wow. Whew. Man, more more uh, winter things to get done this year. Wow. Yes. That makes gotta, now now I'm reminiscent. I got to go back up there. That was that was a beautiful time in Tahoe. Oh yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah, beautiful country up there. There's so many great places. Get out there. I think the takeaway tonight, listeners, is go find yourself some some wild country in the winter. There is some things to be seen. Uh, I t- I actually got out during the fall up up north of here. It's kind of like northeast. Um. But I, I was able to hear elk for the first time, Sean. Ooh. I don't I don't know if I sent you the video. I, I should send you the video of them actually bugling. Bugling. But there's yep. like packs of them. And they're just oh, it's unbelievable. That's, that's so cool. I've only ever been able to either hear a podcast with it in the intro or watch a YouTube video or a documentary with it. But I've not been able to hear an elk bugle in person. It's such a weirdly alien sound to come from that animal it's really cool majestic yeah yeah they uh they are something so yeah get yourself a grand crew call it a day and and find some amazing country to to sit back and get behind a fire i really tried to wrap that up in everything we uh we talked about <laughs> that was tonight. perfect that was real good <laughs> i like you threw the grand crew in there <laughs> go go get some winter beer john we yeah. were prepping for this episode and john was like no backspace backspace i can't talk about beer again i've talked about beer too many times so I, please too many. please go get the grand crew for in honor of john that's right yeah and and let me know i, I we want two things listeners we have we have two requests send us your christmas lights that you have set up or, or the one that is really calling to you this this winter and a shot of your grand crew uh because we, it would just make me happy to know that people are enjoying grand crew around the u.s and wherever else it i, I don't think it goes anywhere else but if you if you have a belgian strong ale you could also throw that in your in your instagram and tag us that would be great yes please do at the how to hobby podcast Well, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you so much for listening to another episode and taking the time tonight, tuning your dial to platform how-to hobby. We really enjoy you guys, and we thank you for everything you do for us. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can always reach out to us at our Gmail account, howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com, and or our website, howtohobbypodcast.com. Sean's always watching the comms like a hawk ready for any type of interaction and we hope that you have an absolutely wonderful dive into the winter season join us with all of your favorite hobbies and we can't wait to catch you next time on the how to hobby podcast thank you for listening to another episode of the how to hobby podcast we hope you enjoyed what you've heard and if you did Please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review and or follow us wherever you digest your podcast. We'll catch you next time and wherever you are, we wish you the best. Thanks for listening.